0: But it is definitely my why and creating that time freedom to be able to spend with, uh, with my family and transitioning out of that full-time work and again, focusing on family and that generational wealth piece. There is a new American dream, one that doesn't involve working till you're 65 before you start enjoying life. If you're someone looking for ways to regain control over your time and check off that bucket list now, you're in the right place. We share tips from experts on investing, personal finance, and mindset so that you can finally have the freedom to work less and live more.
1: This is the Freedom Investing Podcast with your host, Chris Torabio. What's going on, everyone? This is Chris Terribio with the Freedom Investing Podcast, and I'm so happy you're here to join us for another amazing episode. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome to the show. Please make sure to hit the subscribe button so you can stay up to date with our latest episodes. Moving on to today's guest, we have Aaron Neville. Aaron is the CEO of GoApe Properties, with a current focus on single family and short-term rentals, as well as an interest in multifamily. Aaron is a registered nurse based near Toronto, Canada, but invests in the United States. Aaron, welcome to the show. Before we dive into it, give us a quick two-minute rundown of who you are, your background, and where you are in your journey to achieving time freedom.
0: Hi, Chris. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on today. I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, um, I'm, like Chris mentioned, I'm a couple hours from Toronto and in Canada, and I'm working as a registered nurse. So I've done that for Oh, 18 or 19 years now, I guess, and slowly transitioning out of that and started investing in real estate in Canada and then transitioned into the U.S. market. And like Chris said, we're mostly focusing on single-family rentals right now and also have a great interest in multifamily. So currently looking at a couple of multifamily properties now, actually. And moving forward with that, and hopefully with that goal of transitioning out of uh, my full-time job.
1: That's great, Aaron. So, um, you know, we come from a very similar space. We have a background as healthcare providers. I'm a nurse anesthetist. One of our partners is a nurse practitioner. And we kind of underwent the same type of journey from transitioning from healthcare into real estate. Can you kind of talk to us about what shifted you into wanting to pick real estate as your asset class of choice and how you went about starting that transition in the first place?
0: Um, I was just always interested in real estate. Um, I know the power of, of real estate investing and leveraging other people's money and the, um, the bank and just being able to grow and scale and the opportunities that were there. And I never, up until a few years ago was our first rental property that we finally uh, got into and it didn't go as planned at first. It was a, kind of a bumpy road at first, but it all uh, worked out. But I think the big thing was being surrounded by other people doing uh, similar um, things in real estate and being involved in networking with people. Just, uh, so we were able to just continue to, to move forward. And I just know that there's a lot of, uh, opportunity in real estate and actually just going down that journey. There's just so many things. Um, sometimes almost, uh, too much at times <laughs> start getting unfocused in, uh, different areas because there's just so much with multifamily, single family. Short-term rentals, long-term rentals, uh, self-storage is a big one now. And there's just so many opportunities out there. So,
1: Absolutely. We always say that there's so many different ways that you can be successful when it comes to real estate investing. A lot of times, you just really have to pick one that you feel resonates with you or you feel may present the best opportunity for you based off of your current networking skill set and just focusing and niching down on that. Um, because if you're able to just simply focus um, as opposed to having that sort of um, shiny object syndrome mm-hmm. and and <laughs> yeah. taking a look at these other opportunities and never really being an expert in one, um, it can really save yourself a lot of time. And so uh, you mentioned something that really stuck out to me, and that was um, recognizing that you just surround yourself with other people who are more successful than you in this space. Um, we kind of went through this similar journey as well when we started up our real estate meetup here in Chicago called Windy City REI. And where it really started from was, truthfully, a selfish standpoint. What r- We wanted to kind of make sure that we had full control over our education. And we wanted to be able to pick and choose um, the people who kind of fill in those gaps. In your case, did you find that attending other local meetups in the area was the most helpful? Um, How did you go about kind of positioning yourself so that way you were surrounded by the people that had the knowledge that you were looking for?
0: Yeah, definitely. At first, it was um, those local real estate networking groups and being involved in those and then branching out from there and getting some coaching and some mentorship. And then once I was looking at transitioning to the U.S. market, it was a big uh, learning curve for me. And it was just challenging to not know exactly where to go first kind of thing. So I got involved with um, Mike Wolf and his uh, mentorship program. And he's been investing in the US for quite a... He's Canadian and investing there for over 20 years. So I just, again, got involved in that group and all the people in that, quite a few people in there that I could have done use as uh they're just very helpful and they've been there and, and done that and they're doing it currently some are new some are very experienced so it's just great to even get all the knowledge from them and encouragement from them and support and just know that going <clears throat> moving in the right direction and because there are things as far as uh just taxes and structuring everything from being canadian into the u.s and then doing it virtually or remotely was another challenge. A kind of a mindset shift that I had to get my mind around that it was possible. And uh.
1: yeah, you know that's one of the things I really want to dive deeper into. Actually, is because um, not only are you coming from a completely different industry, right? You were a registered nurse. You knew the importance of real estate oh. and wanted to be a real estate investor at some point. You started out with your first single family. Out of Canada, and then now on top of that, you're investing in a completely different country. So, walk us through kind of that transition. Like, how did first off how did how was your experience um, with your first rental property? If you're willing to kind of dive a little deeper into that, and then from there, what made you choose the U.S. as the second type of market of choice for you to kind of shift your investing strategy into?
0: Our first rental property, like I mentioned, uh, it wasn't. Local, it was in uh, Ontario, but it was about an hour and a half from where I'm living. And even that was a mindset set you know, shift for me it was just, I, I kind of had that mindset that I had to invest locally so that I could oversee the property and do everything myself. Um, but with some networking in those groups, I realized that you didn't have to do that. And the numbers made set more sense. With this property, which was an hour and a half away, but um, even from the very beginning, the lending didn't go as planned. There were some problems there, but we got through that. And then our very first <laughs> tenant didn't uh, work out well either, <laughs> and uh, we ended up giving her—I think—I end up paying her to leave, basically. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> now. But now it's all uh, shifted, and there was actually a problem with the uh, with the contractor as well. It didn't go as smoothly as uh, I wanted, anyway. And so there was just all these uh, hiccups along the way. But it was actually good because it all happened with that very first property, and um, now it's moving along very well. And it'll continue. You're going to have properties that are uh, and situations like that moving forward. So got that out of the way on the first one. And then as far as the uh, the US, um, I was just the market in Canada appreciating so much. The numbers just didn't make sense to me. Um, it was a lot more difficult to get cash flowing properties. I was looking at single family rentals. So um, you can get that appreciation, which is huge, a huge factor um, and part of it. But I didn't want negative cash flow (laughs) every month, and I I couldn't afford that, actually. So (laughs) I uh, started to look at the U.S., and it just made a lot more sense. Um, Obviously, it's a huge country, and every market is slightly different. But there's markets where you can get in. um, I'm focused on Kansas City market right now. So the median home price was below the national average. Um, So you can get in at a good price. Um, Also with the US, um, in Canada, I guess one province, maybe Alberta, is more landlord friendly, but the rest in Ontario, especially, is more tenant friendly, I would say. So looking at the states again, and knowing that certain markets and states are more landlord friendly. So obviously, um, uh, if you can, uh, if you have a problem with a the tenant and then you can turn that over and not affect you as much like here, you could, you could literally have somebody in your property. And I've heard that about California, for instance, uh, where they could stay for almost a year without, you know, paying any rent. So, um, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, and then also it was interesting to find out about uh, the difference in like there's a freedom of information act and then the privacy of information act. And it's a lot harder in Canada to find out um, information about homeowners and uh, property owners, even multifamily and getting that information where you might be able to find people that are motivated or more motivated to sell their property or interested in selling their property. So that was a, another factor that was um, interesting at first. And it's just, uh, it is a lot different with the software and things that you can find out.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So we have uh, one of the original members of our, of our real estate meetup up here in Chicago. He's actually from Canada as well. And he owns two rental properties out there. And what he was describing is very similar to what you described in that uh, the reason why he stopped investing over there is because it was becoming more and more difficult for the numbers to make sense. Now, with that being said, the properties that he did already own over there, as you're saying, just really appreciated a lot over the past few years, and has kind of given him this opportunity to tap into and leverage as he wants to scale over here in the United States. And um, you know, over here in Chicago, it's it's very similar. You had described kind of like your first deal um, in kind of vacating one of the non-paying tenants that you had was to. Essentially, pay them. We refer to that as cash for keys. Yeah. And a lot of people have um, kind of this emotional thought behind it in the sense of, like, oh, why would I ever pay a tenant to leave? But ultimately, you know, it's a business decision, right? Because when you consider how many more months of, of missed rent that you're losing out on because you have a, a tenant that's over there not paying, sometimes it's actually cheaper to just simply entice them to pay them, uh, to, for them to leave as opposed to just trying to do it. Through the entire way of the legal system, which, as we know, can be very difficult at times.
0: Yeah, definitely. It was definitely a business decision, and it was a good one. Uh, <clears throat> the tenant I haven't had, we've had in there now since, and it's going really well. So,
1: <laughs> now one of the things you also mentioned was you know, your current focus is single family, but you're also doing some short term rentals. How did you kind of tap into that space, and where where are these properties kind of located?
0: Um, we're just starting with the short-term rentals in that space. Um, I am looking in Florida being Canadian there's a lot of, uh, interest in the Florida market as well as the Arizona market and also in the U S just those markets are great short-term rental areas. Um, so I am finding, I just, we're just trying to find the right property moving forward that, and, um, with the short-term rental space, is definitely you can obviously get more monthly income and increase that return on investment. So that's where I'm looking in that, those areas. There's a property in Kansas City that um, hopefully I find out more about this week, and it's in a really good area for possibly a short-term rental. So hopefully that'll work out. We'll move forward from there, and just basing the numbers on those long-term rents, and then. If we can move into the short term rental, it'll make sense that way.
1: Yep. And just just increase your returns, as you were saying, um, as a a trade off for kind of managing a little bit more actively. And Mm so, uh, one of the things, Aaron, that we talked about before uh, we actually got on this call was that um, you've come to realize that you don't have to do everything yourself. And so, can you kind of describe what the situation looked like with your investments? before you had that mindset shift and what your current plan is uh, moving forward after that shift kind of occurred.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely. Just with that mindset of being local, having the investment there where I'm going to, my thought process was that I would manage the property and take care of everything moving forward. So, um, again, going back to time freedom, um i would definitely suggest getting a property manager even if it's local i had people suggest that to me and i didn't listen to that part (laughs) i just thought i'll try it and yeah it was uh, just having that shift and paying that percentage monthly just frees up a lot of time and again with transitioning into the u.s market obviously i'm not there so i have to build these teams to manage the property. and But again, that <clears throat> frees up my time because I can't just go to the property and fix a toilet or whatever the case may be. I just rely on other people. And again, with that too, comes a shift of you don't want to be... Um, I know my one mentor, uh, Mike Wolf, talked about how he had a property manager and then he was finding... You're spending a lot of time at first managing that, trying to micromanage that property manager. So just having trust uh, and making sure that you get a good property manager, and then you can can be a lot more hands off and increase <clears throat> that time. So
1: yeah, focusing on focusing on the important parts of your business, which is scaling, finding more properties, underwriting more deals, as opposed to Correct. managing, you know, the day to day. That's great. And Aaron, you are actually working full time as a registered nurse still while we're doing all this? I am. (laughs) Wow. So So you're, you're busy. So when it comes to kind of, uh, separating your business, when it comes to, as opposed to your work, um, how does your schedule kind of look like right now?
0: Um, it has been helpful in the sense that it's, um, as you're probably aware, like, um, the 12 hour shifts. Um, so when you're there, you're there, but then I'm, I'm, I do find that easier that I have my days off more days off so I can take part of those days and focus on the real estate side of things. So, and my wife is also helping out a lot. So that's helpful as well. And we did have a VA hired for a short time. We're transitioning out of that right now. but So that was helpful as well to help with that.
1: Yeah. that We, um, I just recently also kind of changed my schedule at work from working four 10 hour shifts to now working three 12 hour shifts. And I didn't really realize how much of an impact that would make, both from just my personal life, how I feel on a regular basis, as well as the effectiveness um, I have on my business. Because as you're saying, um, having that extra day or two off during the week um, allows you to focus on the task at hand, as opposed to constantly making that transition from one hat, wearing one hat to another, you know, mm-hmm. at least when you wake up one day, when you're off, you understand that like, all right, this is a day that I'm going to work my business. This is not a day that I'm going to be working as a registered nurse. And so your entire mindset and identity can be focused on one thing as opposed to trying to make that transition.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so can you kind of describe to us a little bit about, um, mm-hmm. you know, hiring out this property manager, you were saying that by making sure that you have the property manager in place that you can trust, um, it'll that will really be the one that kind of allows you to transition out and have a little bit more time for yourself. So, what does your vetting process kind of look like for that property manager?
0: Um, well, at first it was because it was in a totally different market, um, being involved in different real estate groups and being involved with other investors in that local market and getting referrals from them of uh, who they've used and then just starting out there really and then getting two or three um if we're focused on property management so I had two or three that kept coming up and just reaching out to them and then having an interview with them basically and having just finding out how they their business runs um and what services they provide and having access online to all their portals and different things that make it easier that way. And again, just going through that process of interviewing them and asking those questions <clears throat> about what happens if you know, in different situations and just getting a feel for it that way and going with one of them. So right now <clears throat> yeah,
1: I mean, that that's huge. And and you kind of mentioned one thing too there, which was, um, you know the technology and the systems that they have available. You know we are so lucky to be in a day and age where we don't have to have uh, someone, whether that be us or someone else, go to each and every one of your properties and each and every one of your units once every month to collect rent, and then go to the bank and then deposit <laughs> those checks or deposit all that cash. Um, we, we are so lucky to have technology available to us where we can do this from a distance. We can do it more hands-off. We can make things as automated as possible. And um, really understanding that you have to, even though that comes at a cost, when you, when you think about it from the value of what your time is, um, it really is a, a no-brainer. Okay. And so, Aaron, we're coming towards the end of today's show. But before we finish, it is time for the Freedom 5. So these are five questions that we ask every guest on our show, starting with the most important question. What is your why? What is the underlying motivation behind everything it is that you do?
0: Um, definitely my family and trying to create uh, and creating that generational wealth. Um, I know that's probably a generic <laughs> answer you might get, but it is definitely my why and creating that time freedom to be able to spend with uh, with my family and transitioning out of that full-time work. And again, focusing on family and that generational wealth piece.
1: That's great. Second question we have here is what book has had the largest influence on your life?
0: Uh, um, Again, probably get this answer with real estate a lot, but that rich dad, poor dad for me was one of the first books that I was introduced to. And then actually i got one up here, uh, Who Not How. And I'm trying to think of the author of that now. uh, Ian Sullivan, yeah. So that actually had a huge impact as well. Just knowing that, especially with doing all this remotely, it just helps uh, to have that team in place and have other people.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I... I should probably start prefacing this question with, like, you know, what book besides Rich Dead, Poor Dead has had yeah. a large thing? Because I got to tell you, every single person on the show, and, and there's a reason for it, right? Yeah. You know, there's a reason why this book has been referred to as a purple Bible because of the amount of people that it's positively affected and the lives that it was capable of changing. And the two books mm-hmm. that you listed right there Rich Dead, Poor Dead, and Who Not How. I would argue that those two books have actually been the most impactful on our business as well, just because of the mindset shift that allowed us to have not necessarily strategy or anything related to real estate, which is actually pretty crazy.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, for myself, I mentioned Rich Dadporta, but uh, I didn't have any real estate investors in my family. I wasn't in school, um, like is pointed out in Rich Dadporta, and it didn't really teach me in that mindset shift of about money. So it did have a huge shift in my direction and and think, thought about uh, business and money and moving forward that way.
1: Absolutely. No, it's great. The third question we have here is what is the most impactful thing, whether that be a piece of technology, a habit, or a person that has helped in freeing up your time?
0: Yeah, we'll go on to the next one. <laughs> I can't think of an answer. For that. Okay,
1: we'll go back to that one. We'll go back to that one. <laughs> number four, what is the number one piece of advice you would give to anyone looking to achieve more control over their time?
0: For me, a lot was getting that mindset shift and having other, getting coaches and mentors and growing from there and having those networking and putting teams in place as far as business goes and freeing up your time that way, knowing that you can, there's other people that can probably do a better job than me. <laughs> and so hiring them for those positions is uh, not only going to free up my time, but it's also going to probably uh, improve my business as well. So.
1: Absolutely. And so, on that note, if you were to kind of think about something that was the most impactful, whether it was a piece of technology or a habit or a person in your network that has helped you when it came to freeing up your time, what would you think it is?
0: I guess, again, teams, building, having other people and uh, not doing it all myself and knowing that you can rely on other people to, to grow and scale.
1: That's great. All right, Aaron, the fifth and final question here is, what is the best way for our listeners to get in contact with you?
0: Um, You can reach me at um, my email, goapeneville, N-E-V-I-L-L-E, at gmail.com. That's probably the easiest, I guess.
1: Perfect. Well, Aaron, lots of really great information today. I liked how you talked about your transition into real estate as a registered nurse, working full-time, starting out in the single-family space, transitioning to some short-term rentals, as well as multifamily investing outside of the country. Um, I also liked how you talked about the systems that you had in place, as well as the mindset shift when you came to realize you didn't have to do all of this yourself. Um, I also really liked how you talked about the importance of having a mentor and having these people in your network that have the experience that you're looking for, so that way you can help exponentially increase your growth in your business. So I just want to thank you again for being a great guest, and I really look forward to remaining in touch. All
0: right. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.
1: Now, if you like this show and want to learn more about how we can help you free up your time through passive real estate investments, check out www.freedominvesting.com. Make sure to subscribe to our monthly newsletter and schedule an introductory call with our team. We also have a free seven-day course on what passive real estate investing is and how to get started so that you can start your journey towards earning back more time in your life. To all of our amazing listeners here on the Freedom Investing Podcast, my name is Chris Tribbio. Till next time.